What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. The place where we invite real people to talk about their journey on social media. We'll dig deep into the mindset it takes to be yourself, create massive value, and do it over and over again. This could be the episode that changes your business and life for the better. So let's go. What is up, everybody? We are live. If, if, well, for some of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, wait, what? This isn't live. This is the first ever live video stream of the Social Media Mindset Podcast. And so some of you guys are going to jump on here live and hang out with us. Others of you are going to catch the, the replay at the podcast in a few weeks. But I'm really excited. And so as we jump into this, I've got, I've got a dude with me that I am proud to say we have become internet friends because of TikTok. Bro, because of TikTok. I love it. Right? We we are now internet friends, both incredibly passionate fans of the Dallas Cowboys. But guys, here's who let me let me tell you how jealous I am of of Rain Bennett. Rain is a filmmaker and entrepreneur diving into multiple realms. But but I am jealous of you, Rain, because one, you just did a TEDx talk. And I have always wanted to do one, and uh, I have not been asked to do one yet. And so I am jealous of that. And you also release a book in what, three, four, five Ooh, days? Buddy. Something like that. Yeah, five Something days, like the that. 23rd. Five it's days. on Tuesday, right before Turkey Day. So, And so you're also already an author now. And, and dude, I'm jealous of both those things. And so I... I think hopefully I'm showcasing my humility by bringing someone on my show that I'm insanely jealous of. Dude, don't, but bro, you welcome to the show. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you. But I just want to say, if you want to do this, we can bat this ball back and forth all day. No, I think we, we don't. I feel, yes, I feel the same way about you. What are you talking about? Get out about? of here. Let's just workshop each other's uh, careers right now and then That's uplift right. each other after the show. That's right. And so, dude, real quick, give give everybody just a real quick, like, 60 second cliff note version story of the six second story man himself, Rain Bennett. Of me. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. So <clears throat> I, I fought my whole life to keep my identities compartmentalized. I was an athlete yeah. and I was an artist, and I'd seen nobody navigate those two together. So I fought okay. my whole life to keep them separate. It wasn't until I had a, a coach. Um, who helped me understand that those are really unique intersections we can lean into because the problem it created for me is I was spinning in circles. I was chasing too many different things. I still do a lot of things, but through this process of finding my unique intersections, all these different things that I do are now connected by this central core thesis, this core belief, okay. this, this core narrative that all of my work surrounds. So I can be a podcast host, an author, a speaker, a coach, a filmmaker, but they all come back to that central mission, that central thesis that I have on the work, uh, on the, the, the work that I do in the world. I love it. And who are you in your personal life? <clears throat> in my personal life, 
I'm still an athlete. I play soccer. Just had a game last night in a men's league. I'm Did a you father. score? You score a goal? I didn't, and I don't want to talk Gosh, about that right now. But we still won. Okay. I've <clears throat> had a rough month and a half or so, but it, oh, it, was, no. a, it was it was a good game. I didn't, I, you know, but I I played I played all right. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. But uh, I also got a head to head collision last night too. So oh that, no! I, so you're yeah. concussed right now. I, th I almost thought I was for a second, dude. I was Why did I light. pick my first live guest to be a dude with a concussion? So here's the <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> no, so uh, athlete, I'm a father. I have two kids, one that's almost four years and one that's almost four months. So I'm in the, still in the thick Love of it. it with the little one. Heck yeah. Um, I'm a writer, filmmaker. I'm a storyteller. So that's what I help people do. I, I help people tell their own stories and I also help people navigate their own stories. And that's a big key to storytelling. Heck yeah, man. Can help you find your way. 100%. I love it. And, and so here's, I, I want to, we'll go to selfishly. I want to hear all about TEDx because I want to do that one day, but I don't think that's where mm -hmm. my audience is going to really vet care that much as okay. I probably do. So, uh, unselfishly, let's go to the book first. Like why sure. dude, like there's, there's a million marketing books out there. There's a million books out there about social media. There's a million books out there about teaching people how to tell stories. Mm -hmm. Like why, why did you look at everything that's already available and go, but there's still a place for this one? Yeah, great question. And the thing is, the book and the TEDx tie together because this is part of my central thesis yeah. on life and the work that I do. So, yes, there's a million books. And if 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 a hundred of us were given the same budget and the same topic, let's say social media, then we would have a hundred different books because our paths. To, to getting there yeah. our, and therefore our perspectives on the topic would and should be different. However, Kyle, most of the time they aren't that different because what do we try to do? We try to emulate other people instead of leaning into our unique intersections, our unique mm -hmm. perspectives that have informed the way we view the world. Right? So my background, independent documentary filmmaker, what that really means is low budget. Okay? <laughs> what that really means is I had to learn specifically how to have, not a lot of crew, not a lot of equipment, not a lot of money, but still create stories that made an impact on the on people. And the way to do that is through heartfelt human stories that they can connect with emotionally, yeah. right? That's how you do it. So it doesn't matter if you don't have the best camera or you're not the greatest editor, right? Okay. So that's how I learned that became my philosophy on filmmaking. At first, my imposter syndrome was flaring because I wasn't very technical cinematographer and I wasn't a great editor and I didn't have this team behind me. But then I flipped the script on that limiting belief and it became, it became my philosophy that you don't need all these things. So now we look at how many people out there are content creators? I don't know. All of them. Like if you're, if you have a business, most likely you have some sort of social media account and you're tasked with creating content to communicate to your customers, clients, and communities. However, almost all of those people, small business owners, entrepreneurs are not artists, writers, and filmmakers. They probably don't have a lot of money. They might be a one person marketing team or a one person business. So they're dealing with the same issues right. that I did. How do you connect with your people, your audience, when you don't have a lot working for you, when you have all these different options of apps and platforms to be on, where do you start? Well, here's where you start. You start with understanding how to communicate clearly what you do differently than anyone else, right? And then you add tools to the toolbox. And so my perspective on storytelling and specifically video storytelling is, is different than someone coming from the marketing team on Google, right? Right. That's why who I help is not 
I don't help Nike tell stories. There's already the best storytellers in the world, arguably, or Budweiser, or these companies that have these great Super Bowl commercials. I help small to medium business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, nonprofits, these people who are typically overwhelmed and under-resourced because that's my unique perspective. That's the, that's the world that I come from. You see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And so inside of, of your book, Six Second Stories, you're going to give your unique perspective to to what you feel like people should be doing. Yeah. What are what are a couple of the highlights for you, for you that you're really proud of inside of what we'll be able to start reading on the 23rd? So the first thing is it's always a mindset thing. We don't like to hear that. And the problem that we face as as content creators, as people, as business owners, is that we constantly seem to seek out tools to make our jobs easier, right? Or, or to make, you know, make our work easier. And it's not. We're still going to have to do the hard work. Yes, as you go yeah. on and get better, you add tools to the toolbox that make you a little more efficient and effective. But there's not going to be some cure-all just like, just tell me what app to use. And it's just going to do it for you. You still have to show up on TikTok, let's say, and put in the work, right? Yeah. So the first lesson I want people to know is you have all the tools that you need to start today. Right now, if all you have is, is a smartphone, you can get busy with that. If you understand how humans communicate, spoiler alert, it's through stories. Okay. What? So once well, yeah, that's how humans communicate through narrative, not through list of data or list of product yeah. features through narratives. Now you weave that information into your narrative and that's how you deliver it in this nice little package with a bow called a story, right? So you can start today and then you go on and add tools to the toolbox. Here's another thing people get get uh, wrong. They put the cart before the horse. And again, they think the tool is going to come first and then, then that'll do the work for them. So I help people understand how to tell stories first and then find the tools that work for you. Because listen, TikTok might not be right for you or video might not be right for you. Maybe a podcast is better. This is the thing. We all have unique paths because we're all unique people and we all do unique work. We don't need to be doing the same thing as everybody else. You at least have to ask yourself, should I be on TikTok? And the answer should come from, is my audience there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and can I utilize that? Do I have time for it? There's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself. And then the final point is, the most effective form of communication and storytelling outside of face-to-face, -face, like we're in the same room together, is video, hands down. There's no argument. And it's been scientifically proven. Yeah. And then also, this is one of the biggest tools. I think it's like 80 or 85% of internet traffic now is online video. Folks, this is not going away anytime soon. So this right. is, I teach how to use this timeless tool of storytelling in the current environment where we have access to this super duper powerful tool called video. And a lot of people are scared of it because... They're not used to being on camera. They don't know how to do mm -hmm. fancy edits. They see TikTok and they think, I can't do all those crazy things. Here's the thing, folks. You don't have to. You need to learn how to communicate to people's hearts and their heads effectively. And then you can do it the way you're designed to do it, not the way this person, this person, and this person are. So, dude, here, so like, I get frustrated when when I interview guys like you because I agree with everything you're saying, obviously. <laughs> this That's why we became like instant friends. Yeah, instant. You know? The moment we commented on each other's stuff on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what fr the reason I said it's frustrating is because I think guys like you and I, and there's tons of other people that do what we do, mm. they make this seem so easy. Right? <laughs> like the way we talk about it, the way we explain it, you know, when you say you have every tool, 
that you need already. And I just think the average person is like, bull freaking crap, bro. Okay. Like, you don't know me. I'm mm -hmm. not a filmmaker, right? I don't. And, and so I wrote down, because at the very beginning, you know, you said like people struggle with imposter syndrome. Big time. And, and you're a coach. And so let's, can we take a moment and like, could you like, let, let's consider that, that I am that, that insecure person that, that really struggles with imposter syndrome because you say, go where your audience goes. And I'm like, well, but that high producer, that top producer's audience mm -hmm. is on TikTok. So shouldn't I go there? It's like, well, I don't know where you're, and it's, and we just were like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And so coach us for a minute on how do we begin? Cause I don't think we can just go boop. Imposter syndrome is gone. You're healed. Oh right? no. Like, so, so man, what, how, how do we take people that are watching, listening this, that know they need to do it, but aren't, mm -hmm. how do we begin to coach them through imposter syndrome? So the thing about imposter syndrome is like, uh, the butterflies that one might get before performance, an athlete, yeah. a, an artist, a speaker, it never goes away. Not even with the professionals. Never, ever, yeah. ever does, does it go away. I Mike have Tyson, it right now. Right. Mike Tyson talks about it in a documentary. Like he was terrified, even as the best, you know, the, the, the mm -hmm. best of the best, right? He was terrified and you still are. The difference is between a professional and an amateur is the professional knows that that feeling comes and it's part of the process and they right. can navigate it easier and they can get rid of it quicker. So imposter syndrome does not stop. The first step to all of this and this is very much like a form of therapy is being introspective, being self-aware, right? Is just asking yourself these questions. Often we don't, we go through these actions and reactions to things and we don't even ask ourselves like, why do I feel that way? So first is just being tapped in. And that takes a lot of work of just like yeah. lis listening to yourself, but the imposter syndrome is not going to go away, but you have to understand like, is this what I'm trying to do? Is it aligned with what I'm trying to do? I'll give you an example. A lot of my friends are amazing music video directors and I see the work that they're doing still to this day. And I'm like, Oh man, that is dope. Like, and they worked with that artist who I really love. Like I would have really loved to, to do that. And I get envious of that. It was really yeah. bad back in the day until I became very clear on what I do. And yeah. then I asked myself, this is called a limiting belief. This is a, a, you know what? Another way to call it is a story that we tell ourselves in our head. Mm -hmm. So I'd see that and like, dang, man, I wish I was up there getting that recognition right now. But then when you stop and you really tap in and you ask yourself, do I want to be doing that? Now, listen, I've done a couple of music videos in my career and I'm still proud of them. But at one point I realized that's not really what I want to do. Like, yeah. that's not what I want to do. So why am I tripping about that? Why am I getting upset about that? And then that helps you realize like, oh, that's just imposter syndrome. Like they can do their thing and nail it and I can do my thing and nail it because I'm not even accepting music video uh, um, gigs now. If people ask yeah. me. I send them to those people who are amazing at it. Here's the thing. Once you start doing work publicly, publicly, those same people will reach out to you. and be like, man, you just did a TED talk. Ted talk. That's so dope. I've always wanted to do yeah. that. And you realize like, yo, their voice in their head is saying the same thing to them as mine is. So why are we all tripping about it? Stay focused on your lane and who you serve well. And that's the whole point of the TED TEDx talk that I did was, it's not about your competition and trying to be better than them. It's yeah. about who you can serve unlike anyone else and being perfect for them. So what I found out that I do well is help people tell heartfelt human stories in documentary form, mo mostly, primarily. Okay. 
I don't do music videos. That's not my skill set because as we've already established, I'm not a technical filmmaker. So these beautiful images, cinematographer, cinematography that's done by my friends, I could never do that. And I, honestly, I don't have any interest in that and in no aspect of my life. Am I super technical, right? I'm more, more broad. I like to work on, you know, moving the thing forward, not the real tedious, yeah. you know, tedious work. That's not my forte. It's not my skill set. It took a while for me to get to that point of understanding that and accepting that and saying, yeah. Hey, that's not what I do. Well, that's not my unique intersections of my skills and my passions and my experiences. So now I lean into the things that are, Hey, what can I do? Well, I can take a little and make a lot out of it because I know how to connect with people. And now that's informed the way that I do my work. So it, listen, I'm not saying it's easy. And to your initial point of like me saying, um, you have all the tools that you need right now. I want to be very clear to the people listening. It ain't easy. It ain't ever going to be easy. So I'm not saying that. Please don't misconstrue it. I'm saying yeah. you can start now and you can. If we're teaching you how to do pull-ups, you have everything you need to start right now. Your body and gravity, right? You don't need all, not, all these missions. Yes, you can. Don't give me. Ready. I can walk you through it right now. It's not. It can't do it. Listen, we're going to use this metaphor. We're going to flesh it out. A I'm little allergic. <laughs> what you do if we're doing pull-ups, I used to teach people this too, which is why I went there. You just hang. You just hold yourself up. If, if you can only hold yourself for three seconds, that's fine. And then the next time you try to do four. Yeah. And the next time you try to do five or ten. And then you work on negatives where you jump up to the top and then slowly let yourself down. My point is there's a progression. Right. Okay. 100%. So to start, 100%. absolutely can today. Will it be easy? No. You ain't well, going to get a pull up for months. You're not going to nail that video for months, maybe a year. But it certainly ain't going to happen if you don't start. Well, and, and my progress, like with the way I coach progression in video is yeah. I always tell people, if you haven't done video yet, start with one-to-one -one videos, mm -hmm. use the Marco Polo app, which is like video walkie talkie, mm -hmm. use DM or text messaging. And instead of texting text, record a video and text it to your friend. I love that because you're working the muscles, right? It's kind of like it. the negative of the pull up, I lowering yourself down. But the fear isn't there because you're exactly. not worried about all the people that are going to watch it. Exactly. Great right? exercise. Then I graduate people to stories, right? Mm -hmm. Try to do video in your stories. Mm -hmm. Then I'll tell them to now consider just pre-recording a video, right? Just pre-record a video. It could turn into a reel. It could turn into a YouTube video, whatever. But now try to just pre-record something. Mm -hmm. Then go for a long form pre-record, right? Do something like we're doing where for 30 minutes, you're going to be talking about a certain subject. Mm -hmm. Then the pinnacle is hit that live button. Boom. Right. And, and it, it's amazing how it works mm -hmm. when you just give yourself some grace <laughs> that part. And, and don't go, well, the, gosh, dang it. I got to do it. Like rain does it. And it's like, no. you can't, Oh my gosh, Dude, you can't do it. I, I so, can't, I can't no. do it. Yes, there's a progress and, and 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 process to everything, right? You have to crawl and then you can walk, then you yeah. can run, then you can jump. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 the way it is. And I also want to make another point. It's not just that you should be doing your business differently than anyone else because you you are unique. Your social media should be different too. So yeah. when we see other people, you kind of alluded to this, like, oh, I sh you know, can't be doing stuff like rain. You shouldn't be anyway. I yeah. had, a, I literally talk, taught a class, a workshop for realtors in Chattanooga two, like two days ago. 
And there was this old old school woman, meaning like she doesn't do social media. She's been in the game 25 years, to be honest. Oh, she man, I love those people. Yeah, she doesn't really need to. She's slaying it. But, you know, her imposter syndrome is flaring up because the younger clients are being like, oh, you're not on Instagram? I, yeah. I didn't see you out there, right? And so her limiting belief is seeing what the younger realtors are doing and 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 thinking, I can't do that stuff. Like that's, that's you know, a 25-year-old person's game. I'm 55. And I'm like, Natalie, you don't have to be. You don't have to do it. You shouldn't do it the way they do it. You can listen. You're on TikTok yeah. now. Some people dance. Some people do memes and 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 yeah. use the text and make jokes. And some people just get on there and say, "Hey, here's a quick storytelling tip." Boom, 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 and they peace out. The point is add value the way you you uniquely add it. Right? You don't. You sh not only should you do you not have to do it the way other people are. You really shouldn't be. You do it your way. What feels right for you? What sounds like you? And Rain, I, I've got so because we're live. One of my friends, Karen Blevins, so dude, Karen. she, Karen, you're the best. Thank you for watching. Uh, I need to help you get out of this because so Karen is one of the largest realtors in America. Word. Okay, not in a city, hmm. not in a state. She's one of the largest realtors in America, and as you talk about you know, Natalie from Chattanooga and her feeling uncomfortable. Karen says, that's me. Right. Right. It, it's unbelievable how we all think like, oh man, if I do a TEDx, I'll be so much more confident. <laughs> right. Once I've done a TEDx, man, I'm going to be so much more like we just, we always look at everybody else <laughs> and assume that because they do it better than us, they have something that we don't have. Gosh, you're and, nailing it. And, and what, what I've found is, what most people are experiencing is some are just better at, at overcoming the fear metric than others. Oh, a lot of the time. And there's all different reasons to to have fear and in all different ways to overcome it. Because I was, while you were talking about, you know, you're not jealous of your friends because, you know, you're not trying to do the music video stuff anymore. My mind's going to, but what about for the people that we do want to do what they do, right? Like you and I, I want to do a TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. So I see you do one. And I'm like, freaking A, man. I want, I want to get to do so there is there okay. is jealousy there, right? So now speak to mm -hmm. how do we overcome? Because I know how I do it. And so I'm always fascinated with how other people do it. Mm -hmm. How do I overcome the imposter syndrome as I feel jealousy towards something you're doing that I genuinely do want to do for myself? Yep. Great. I'll give you the short answer, then I'm gonna give you a story. The okay. short answer is you stop focusing on me and you focus on your audience. Don't tell me what to do, bro. Leave me alone, guy. Listen, so so the TEDx talk yeah, can still totally. be in there, but stop worrying about me doing and, and I'm going to tell you a story because I went through this process myself. Yeah. And after I gave the talk, there were plenty of people in the audience like, so how'd you do it? How'd you get accepted? I've submitted 20 times. So listen, if your focus is on your audience and how you serve them, you ain't going to work. First of all, you're not going to worry so much about this, but I'm not going to front. So I'm not going to lie. This is always around the peripheral, the imposter syndrome, the nervousness, all that stuff is always there. It's just a matter of being able to get through it and past it easier. Okay. So first, if you're focused on your audience, then you're not so worried about like, I gave a TEDx talk. So now that you, you have to, because the question is like Karen, maybe you do, maybe you don't. 
Yeah. My mom's a realtor. She's 72. She's been doing this for 22 years now and slays it. And she's like, I'm not going to learn. Like, I'm not going to learn that. She doesn't have to. She's almost right. always the top seller in her community. She owns like three companies. Like she doesn't need to. So yeah. first of all, you got to ask yourself, like, is that your, your story? Is that your yeah. path? It yeah. might not be. She has no trouble. She doesn't need anything else, you know? So here's my journey through TEDx. Four years ago, what's up, Steven? Four years ago, uh, I was talking with a mentor business coach and we were like, rain, I, I want to start public speaking. You know, I think it can be a good, uh, uh, um, you know, big domino to knock down the other dominoes and, and bring in business leads. And so he, my, he asked me my goals and TEDx was to be on all, uh, was one of them. And he said, well, why TEDx? And I got real defensive. I was like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Why? Like, because TEDx, because, because so-and-so yeah. did one. The thing is I got, I got defensive because I had no, no, no real reason. Right. It was only ego based. Right. right. That's yep. me centric. That's not yep. me focused on my audience. Right. And it's on, hard bro. to break that because we're so me centric. All of us are. We Listen all to suffer this, from people. This. I'm, 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 I'm giving you jewels here. All right. And this is not because I know something that we don't. I'm right. experiencing it every day. I'm just right. sharing my story. Right. So he said, listen, TEDx is nice. It's kind of a nice little check mark, but you, you know, you don't get paid for it and you don't, you don't need it to build a speaking career. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But I didn't have a reason. And I knew that he kind of had me when I didn't have a real reason. Now, right. if I had come back and said, well, because TEDx is the next step in where I'm trying to go, sure. then, then it makes yeah. sense. So I, what did I do? I went on and I built a speaking career. And within a year, I went from non-paid gigs in the bottom of a, a basement of a public library to national keynotes and started doing well. I never really gave up on the TEDx dream. So I still would apply and still get rejected still would apply and get rejected, but I was off building my speaking career, which started to yeah. do things that I was very happy with and very uh, proud of. Right now, here is the reason why I got selected. Okay. This year, when I pitched, when the opportunity came up for me to pitch in Raleigh, which is right in my, my backyard, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. There had been this idea that I had been ruminating on. I had been pondering on about, you know, People don't hire you for your expertise. They hire you for your unique perspective and approach to the work that you do in the world. So all that I'm talking about, finding so your good. lane, your unique intersections and your unique perspective and your unique audience. Right. And so I've been churning on this idea for so long. And I was like, I, I'd written about it a little bit in my weekly column, but I haven't really, you know, I didn't really dive deep into it yet. So this was an idea that I genuinely thought was worth spreading. And that if TEDx, did, I, I pitched it to TEDx with no desperation, no need for approval and that little check mark to put it on my LinkedIn bio, I did it with confidence and also knowing that if they didn't accept it, I was going to explore this topic anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The previous years, Kyle, I was pitching ideas that I thought they might pick up. I hoped and thought they might pick up. They weren't genuinely something that was burning in my yeah. heart that I wanted to explore. And I believe fully, wholeheartedly that when, because I brought that to the table, that's what they responded to. Now, I'll also say there was a little bit of serendipity or luck because they happen to be their theme, like many themes of events these days post-pandemic, was uh, hitting reset. And so I talked about uh, when they called me for like the callback. Well, I had them at that point, but, you know, I, I could have bent my topic to fit their theme, but it really did organically. And I said, I mean, this is how you hit reset. If the world comes around and, you know, flips your whole business model upside down or you lose your job, 
Now more than ever, you need to understand what separates you from everybody else. And this ties into the great resignation. 40% of our, our, our 30% of our labor force has left and 40%, there's been a 40% increase in small business applications. Now more than ever, people are trying to find their own paths and chase right. their passions. So you have to clearly identify what you do specifically and differently than anyone else. Right. And so when I, then when they got me on the phone, I told them that they're like, oh, okay, well we got him. So it worked out. But the thing is, if it didn't work out, it wouldn't have made a shred of difference in me. Now I'm not saying I'm not grateful and people have been responding to it. TEDx is still like my mentor and coach David said back in the day, it's still a nice to have, Sure, it's not a need to have. And a right. lot of people attach their identities to trying to get that. And what are they going to do now? They're going to chase, 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 chase until they get it. And they probably won't because they're busy chasing it. So stop chasing something and build something. Dude, 100%. So, so Ooh, good. Tingling, yeah. man. Dude. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're spitting fire and, <sighs> and guys, I, I think what I want to make sure we understand right now is like, as, as we, you and I talk about your TEDx experience, that was kind of a cherry on top for, for, for your, for your career, for your business. Right. Guys, when we're talking about just video, we're not like, so please do not misconstrue what, what is being said right now, because I don't want any of you listening or watching to go, oh, well, you know, I just treat video the way rain treated TEDx, you know, like, <laughs> oh, if it, if it happened, yeah. that's cool. But like, like guys, what we're talking about, because your, your topic of conversation during TEDx was reset, right? And guys, for many of you listening, you need a complete reset in the way you look at social media and the way you look at marketing yourself and the way you look at the perception that people have of you. Mm -hmm. And let's not wait for another pandemic. Let's not wait for, for something to force us to go, Oh no, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as relevant as I, mm. as I used to be. Mm. And now you don't get to do what you want to do. You have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And it changes the way people watch. It changes the mannerisms that you have. Like when, when I'm doing video content, the reason people are like, dude, you're just so passionate when you talk. You know why I'm passionate when I talk? Because I freaking love people. That That's why I'm passionate about it. And, and so let let's rain like let's let's rein this in you see how, how i did that i love it and let's talk specifically to the realtors okay sweet we'll have lenders on here too but i love that you know your mom's been in the industry for 22 years so you've had a front row seat to watch everything she's done well and everything that she's done poorly right yep. and so what what could a reset look like to a realtor that says okay I got to find my own uniqueness, mm -hmm. but I'm a freaking realtor. Like I sell houses, right? So like how, how do I take this industry that just in Dallas Fort Worth has 60,000 of them, mm -hmm. right? 1.2 million of them across, uh, you know, across America. What, what, what does that look like for them to kind of carve their own way mm -hmm. from a, from a storytelling perspective? Oh, I love it. I'm ready to go. So I literally just talked about this in, in Chattanooga on Tuesday, and I talk about it a lot, okay? So this is a very, very fair question. How do I differentiate myself when I do the same thing as everybody else, right? Yeah. So in stories, you've got 
the surface level story, which is the plot, you know, uh, Rocky is invited for a title bout against Apollo Creed. Okay. We can use whatever example you want. And then you've got the story underneath the emotional journey, right? That's what the story really is. Yeah. The, the, the plot is just a vehicle in which we, we get there, but every story, every book, every movie that we watch, is about the emotional journey. That's why when Rocky doesn't win, we're still left satisfied as an audience because what happened? He had transformation, right? He changed and he be believed in himself as, as a contender yeah. and, 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 and found the love of his life because he started believing in himself. That's what the story is about, right? So I say all that to say that this model, or this works, whether we're talking about people in different industries or we're talking about people all that do the same job. Okay. What's on the surface doesn't matter as much. That is just the vehicle in which you deliver the results. It's all about the core, what's underneath. And yeah. that is different for all of us, right? How we serve people is going to be different. How we approach it the way my mom does it. My mom's a cute little Southern woman talks a mile a minute. She grew up in the town that, that she, in a historic home, which I also grew up in as well. It's a historic town on the water in North Carolina, gorgeous little quaint poster card town. Right. And so is that what you call those things? Postcard, not poster card. So, I, got, I knew what you meant. Thank you. So she slays the historic district because that's what she grew up in. She gives this chamber of commerce tour where she takes people around the community and shows them all the things because, as she says, and I quote, you have to love a community before you can love a home, right? She has grown up in this. Mm, my family good. for generations has grown up in this area. She has that thing on lock. Now, she still sells mobile homes. She still sells houses out in the subdivisions. But her main thing is selling those historic homes unlike anybody else. So some realtors are going to be more of a champion and, and cheering you on along the process. Some are going to be more like an educator. Some are just going to be an admin person that just help you, you know, that do all the paperwork so you don't have to worry about it. And you can just focus on that. The point yeah. is to understand what do you bring differently to the table than everybody else? Yes, you all do the same job, the same story on the surface, but underneath I'm telling you, you should be doing it differently because you're a different person. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't mean there's not some similarities there. The point is for you to understand where you come from and your unique path so that you can tell your story to them. I'm going to give you one more example from Chattanooga. Is that OK? Yes, sir. There's another woman, Debbie. <clears throat> we Sub worked, Debbie. We worked. She was awesome. She was the first one in the building. And we workshopped her live. She was one of those that are very vulnerable, very, you know, worth sharing. And so she teaches new realtors. She's still a, an agent. She still sells or broker. Um, and But she teaches new agents. That's another part of, of her career. And she teaches them that two, the two pillars of her, like, teaching, you know, brand or her personal brand are that you must have systems in place first, like initially, mm -hmm. and to document everything. Those are her two like core values for that. Now, here's how she got there. We unveiled this right in front of her. She didn't even realize you put them together. And this is my process of coaching people. So as I started asking her questions, like I was interviewing her for a documentary, the previous 15 years before she was a realtor, she worked in a doctor's office. The eight years before that, she worked in a plastic surgeon's office. And she had this great quote, which I told her, you better be using this to people. She was like, if anybody's going to sue you, or get no, if anyone's going to get sued, it's a plastic surgeon or an OBGYN. And that's, you know, you get a little laugh with that, but it also yeah. communicates something. So her unique path of, and I, and there, there was a, it was a small group, it was a workshop. And I said, who else in here has worked 15 years in a physician's office and eight years in a plastic surgeon? Nobody raised their hand. 
I said, hey, if there were 200 people in this room, how many people do you think would raise their hand? Still, nobody. That is Debbie's path. And it taught her that systems must be in place early, especially in the medical industry, and that yep. you have to document everything. Now she uses those life lessons learned to help her be a better realtor. That's her her perspective on real estate and helping young realtors. That's not going to be everybody's. That wouldn't be mine. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. the yeah. point. And so when yeah. I put those two together, now she knows how to go out and say, when somebody says, why should I hire you? She says, because this is my pr uh, perspective and approach to real estate. Here's what I'm going to do for you. And I will make sure that every document is, is in place so that if this happens down in the future, you won't have to worry because I got you. And for some people, not everybody, and that's a key point too, for yep. some people, that's going to be music to their ears. They're going to be like, you are the realtor that I need. But we have to be confident enough to know that we might not get the TED Talk or we might not get that listing and that's okay. We're not for everybody. You right. need to figure out who you're perfect for, just like my mom in the historic district. But it doesn't mean you won't get other people, but you can't be trying to target everybody or that is unclear. See, and then if if everything that you taught Debbie in that in that workshop, if she would just start turning all of the things that I that she would say to me in person, if she would start turning all of that into snippets of video now, people wouldn't even say, why should I hire you? They would already know that they're exactly. her that they're yes. her people, right? Yes. They or they would already know that they're not her people. Yep. Like there's probably tons of people that don't hire me because they've watched my stuff and they're like, I don't know. Like that's just not my that's just not my jam. And and here's the thing. It's, who cares? That's not a flaw against you. This happens. Right. I saw this in acting, you know, in acting a lot. People get so upset they didn't get a part. And it's like, you have no idea what was going on, on the other side. They could have wanted somebody who was a brunette and not a blonde. Like you just don't right. know. And you can't wrap up your identity and your confidence in someone else's perception. You well, just can't. And how many sales conversations have we wasted our time on that from the beginning were people that weren't going to jive with us? Right. But we didn't know it until the end. Mm -hmm. But I don't get that 45 minutes back. Like, bro, I I close like 90% of my sales calls. Because if you've reached out to me, you already you know. have done your research. You already you've already know. talked to someone that knows me or works with me or has been to an event. And so I'm I just have to not be an idiot. Mm-hmm. And the deal closes. Yeah. Because that's that's because you but leave most with realtors it. chase, 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 yes, chase, chase, chase. Here's another thing I they have nothing in the TEDx talk. Kyle, I shouldn't be able to take your website copy and put it onto my website and it work. That no. should never happen. If we, even if we do the same thing, which so we do good, similar dude. things, That's right? That's a great analogy. Re yes. And, and realtors and, and people do it all the time. And they say things like, we value high quality. And in the TEDx talk, I was like, well, I sure, I sure hope you do, Todd. I hope you're not going to stand <laughs> yeah. up here and put it on your homepage that we value low quality. Or they'll say- dude, that's a They'll That's, say we go above oh, and beyond. And like, what does that even mean? You're right. an astronaut or what? I don't right. know what it is. Right. Dude, here's, this that's, is this a great homework assignment for everybody watching, listening, go to your website and go start reading your copy and ask yourself, could this copy fit on any realtor website in mm -hmm. the, in the city? And if it could, or is it unique to me? It shouldn't be able to do it. My approach to video marketing for my so clients good. is different than anyone else's. That's yep. why on my podcast, which you'll be on the storytelling lab, none of those people who are also storytelling speakers and coaches and, yeah. and filmmakers and writers, none of them are my competition. And I right. never view them as such because we all come to the game di from different right. perspectives. So we do it differently. Therefore we serve different people. And bro, that, that is my ultimate thing 
you know, when I said earlier, like, I'm jealous that you did a tech talk, but I'm not at the same time because of this one thing yeah. that I operate from a place of abundance, mm-hmm. right? We either have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset and we yep. don't get both. Right. Yep. And so why can I bring you on when you coach and like we do some stuff that overlaps because bro, there's so many people out there that need what we do. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people that watch this episode or listen to this episode and they're going to go, you know, Kyle's all right, but man, that rain, dude, I, I'm digging that guy. And they're going to reach out to you and I, and I'll be tickled pink <laughs> that they reach out to you. And there's going to also be people that prefer me. I don't and know that, who, but probably at least my mom and my wife, you know, <laughs> maybe my kids. Hopefully. I don't know. They yeah. might choose you. Too. So, I mean, I you have done a Ted talk. I have not. So That's right. You're obviously. I got. There. I got that on my bio. I mentioned the scarcity mindset in, in both my my realtor course this week and the TEDx talk. Here's what happens when you get in that scarcity mindset and you fear losing. In this case, yeah. a listing or whatever. Yeah. You stop being creative and stop being uniquely yourself because you don't want to stand out. You think standing out is going to make you lose or get the axe or not get chosen. And that is the worst thing that you can do. You want to stand out. But when you get in that mindset, you feel like standing out is a bad thing. And so you shrink, you get small, you get into Mm -hmm. your little shell, you look at what everybody else is doing. You're like, maybe I should do that. Uh, I use this quote from Lily Tomlin who said, the trouble with the rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. It's so like when, when we're in a rat race, we're all looking like the same, chasing the same piece mm. of cheese. And it's like, you didn't even ask yourself, I don't even like cheddar. Maybe I want Swiss or provolone instead. Like, why am I doing, you know, have you read who moved my cheese? No. Shut the front door, bro. Do I need to? I'm putting it on my list. Dude, right it is my top three all time favorite books. Who moved and my it's cheese? a story. It's a fictional story about humans that get shrunk down to the size of rats that that are competing for the same cheese as the rats. Dude, my Dude, mind is blown. I haven't read it, but we holy, still landed on the concept. You'll right? read it in a day. It's a oh. short. It's a, who moved my cheese. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's I've already book. got it pulled up, buddy. Um, Dude, it's unbelievable. So Sweet. I might need to reach out to that author. Maybe he's like just r- not known enough now that he would say yes to come on my show. Yeah, dude. But here, okay, here's, we're at 40 minutes. Okay. And obviously because we're live, it, it doesn't, you know, I love it. I love that. It, it's fine that we're going longer. My, I have two final questions. One is how, why six second stories for the title of the book? Okay. What, what does that mean? So six second stories, one disclaimer is that is the name of my video marketing company, but six second stories is both literal and figurative. Okay. So what we've been given now is the opportunity for six second ads, right? Yeah. YouTube bumper ads. They're even six second ads now in Super Bowls and, and, you know, on, on mainstream primetime television. Okay. Yeah. But it's also figurative in terms of our goal is to try to tell a story as efficiently as possible. Even if that's a six minute story or 60 minute story or six second story, the point, the point is the same to cut the fat and keep the part that matters most. This is what you do when you're making a feature film or a novel. You cut, cut, cut until until everything that's in there must yeah. be in there. So it's the same premise. And then also, the thing that's challenging about 15, 10 second, and even six second ads is it's kind of easy to make someone laugh. Think about Vine. It's easy to pull off a joke, right? It's yeah. real challenging 
to hit someone emotionally and make, make them cry maybe, right? To really pull those heartstrings in that short amount of time. And as we know, think about some of your favorite commercials out there. They're probably from a Super Bowl, probably in, includes a puppy in a, in a Budweiser Clydesdale or something like that. Yeah. They always touch you emotionally. Yeah. and evoke some sort of nostalgia or emotion or something like that. That is really, really challenging challenging to do in that short of time. But mm -hmm. now all of our social media is 10 to 15 seconds. Think about TikTok, eight seconds, right? So that's what the book tries to help you to, to do. Understand storytelling so well that if you have six seconds, you can still connect with your audience and make an impact on them. I love it. Dude, I can't wait. Guys, November 23rd, that book will be available Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to have to go pre-order my copy today. Oh, snap. And if you don't autograph it, I'm sending it back. I'm going to come to Texas. I'm going to autograph it in person. And we're going to high five and hang out. Let's go. All right. Dude, last thing, just because of your filmmaker background. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you said it, not me, low budget filmmaker. That's what indie, right? That's what you said. Indie filmmaker means low yeah, budget. So, so give, give a couple tips on just like, the realtors, the lenders that are listening, they 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 decide that they're going to step up their video game, right? They've got a smartphone. What what if if you could give them just like the simple set of tools? I know we said they already have all the tools, right? Figuratively mm -hmm. in their heart as a human, but but lighting, microphone, oh, oh, sure, and the app that that edits from their from their device. Mm -hmm. Like what what are those little things? that will help them feel a little bit more confident in what they're doing. Yeah. Okay, great. I got this. First thing you want to do, let's start with lighting. You mentioned that. Well, there's one light out there that every light that's been created since the beginning of lights has tried to emulate. <laughs> that's called the sun, right? So yeah. the first thing you need to do is open up the window or turn and face it. Okay. Turn yeah. and face it. Let your face be illuminated. Brilliant. It's behind you. It ain't going to work unless you've got things like a professional filmmaker might have, which are like reflectors and flags and things that can really manipulate that light. You ain't got that. That's so right. don't use that. Use the one that God gave you right there in the sky because that's yep. what all the other ones are trying to emulate. Okay. So turn and face the sun. Okay. And Brilliant. sometimes the sun's a little harsh. So it might not be at the five o'clock, six o'clock hour when it's right there. It might not be straight in the face. Maybe turn your body a little bit to the side. Right. But still in front of you. Okay. Yeah. Microphones doesn't matter if all you have is your phone or you've got something like this. The point is location. Get it close to your mouth, close to your face. Okay. If you've got a shotgun mic, a lavalier mic that goes on your lapel or just this, I don't want to set up my phone 10 feet away and talk to it, expecting people to hear it. Okay. Right. Yep. Boom. Right in front of you. Okay. If you're using a smartphone, the lens is up here at the top. Your eyes should be <laughs> facing that. Yeah. Naturally, as humans, we're drawn to faces. So when we see our face, we're looking at our face. But what the other person is seeing is this right here. They're seeing the top of your head and you're looking down, looking at yourself when you should be looking there in the hearts right. and eyes and souls of your people listening. Okay? That's right. Those are three little tips to take. And everything now, I mean, the mobile editing apps change every day, but you can edit most of them. My Which one do you like? I use, um, you, know, you have iMovie. You have, uh, I think it's Rush and Spark, which I think are both Adobe products. <clears throat> to that first person starting out, like you said, just starting out uh, by going one to one. Yeah, I would say just work on trying to get just get it in the camera app. Just try to yeah. have a, a complete thing. Even wherever you post it, you can trim your video on TikTok, Instagram, and any of those as well. Right. So try yep. to get used to just starting in the beginning 
and ending in the beginning. Like set it all up, get it where you want it to be. Don't press record and then fumble around with it. Get it where it's supposed to be in the placement. Make sure your lighting's right. Make sure you look pretty and hit record and go, hey, what's up, folks? We're here at a listing at 127 Elm Street. Freddie's not around today, so it should be good. We can try to sell this. He won't try to come underneath your bed and kill you. Freddie Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) So uh, Halloween was a month ago. Um, Yeah, and then end it. Still looking at the camera. Then it's already done. In the business, we say, don't try to fix it in post when you can get it right in production, right? Because you give yep. yourself extra work. So yep. if you can nail it right there, then you don't have to worry so much about editing because this is one of those limiting beliefs that prevents people from taking action as they're like, well, I don't know how to edit. Nobody's asking you to be a Hollywood editor, right? right. It's all about the content first. Yeah. Then as you go on, you'll learn how to use TikTok and all the little uh, uh, effects that they have. You know what I do? What? So I if, if I'm holding my phone, then I'm just touching the button. But like if my phone is on a tripod, you know, a couple feet from me, then I smile. Yes. And then I clap. And then I lower my hands and then and then begin to speak. Mm-hmm. So that in my edit, I just know I'm going right to the end of that clap. Yep. And then I just hold my smile for about two full seconds at the end. And then I know I've got a clean edit at the end without having to like literally like cut it off in the last syllable. Smiling is big too. That's a great tip. So- I have what's known as RDF, which is the male equivalent of RBF. <laughs> you can figure that one out on your own. Yeah, but I buddy. look very angry when I'm just being serious and, and talking. So I have to remind sure. myself to smile. Yeah, bro. This has been, dude, this has been so great. How, how do people get connected to you? What are all the ways? We'll put them in the show notes for everybody. Well, check it out. Shout out to my mom because there's not a lot of rain Bennett's out there. And Shout not out a lot, to mom. not not a lot with uh, with a Google presence. So I promise you, if you just Google Rain R A I N, like the noun, not two ends, like the actor from The Office, that is not a real thing. Rain Bennett <laughs> with two ends and two T's, you will find me. It's rainbennett.com. It's Rain Bennett on Instagram. Hey, I'm all over the place, but if you type that in, you'll find uh, good. You'll find me, bro. This is this has been incredible. So I'm thank so you. Yeah, dude. I was really excited to talk to you, man. Heck yeah, man. And I can't wait, guys. Get ready, because I'm going to be on your show. That's right. Sometime soon. I don't remember when we scheduled that. I think it's still November, yeah. After after Turkey Day. It is coming. And so, guys, thank you for those of you watching live, for being a part of it live. Thank you for those listening to the, the actual podcast. If you would, if you love this content, I don't do this enough, please consider leaving a review. Not because I want it but because that's what fuels the algorithms that allows this content to be in front of more people that have the same needs as you do. And, and it would be unbelievable. So please do that for me if you wouldn't mind. And then we'll be back real soon with another really cool person with a cool story. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If this episode made an impact, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and talking about it on social media. Go make a difference, and we'll see you soon.